Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes. Uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. It's gone. Touchdown. What a hit. He makes it in. Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game. Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. I'll watch him celebrate now. Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm telling you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. Greetings and good morning. Happy Hump Day and welcome aboard Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios, very proudly presented by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Sinorama is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. It is all over williams Bryce Stadium, Founders Park, Colonial Life Arena, and <coughs> more. Sinorama.com, Gamecock owned and operated. And as you know, if you've ever used them, they handle it all from design to production to install, and most importantly, to service. Around the block we'll go here, JBDC and Phil JC Sherbert is uh, out today for personal reasons. He will uh, be back tomorrow, and we certainly look forward to that. But David Cloninger is one of the elite writers in this state, and he covers the Gamecocks, and we're so happy to have him uh, from the Post and Courier here to lead off our program. Yep, Craig hit the nail on the head. JC does look a little different today. He's let me get that for you. <laughs> that's right. You need your beanie. I, I usually don't wear visors though. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Either that or a bit more volume, David. You'd be all right. <laughs> so uh, thankful I said, man, your hair's getting really gray, and I'm like, yeah, but it's still there. That's all I care about at this uh, point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's still there it could be whatever color it wants i'll give you this you and jc both have good hair phil has none mine is receding hence the hat daily uh on our program but um, a lot to get to today uh, march madness is i guess you could say officially underway really good games last night by the way mississippi state came back and, and almost had it uh, but they just couldn't get it to fall at the very end there but this is one of those times of the year david where especially when carolina basketball is rolling you become a very very busy man with uh with spring practice now going carolina baseball's got the best record in in college baseball and the women are the best team in the country there's a second ranked tennis team out there by the way i mean there's a lot of stuff going on in columbia uh so we're happy that you've made some time for us thank you uh, no problem guys uh you know appreciate y'all reaching out all right well uh, there's a lot of different places to start here uh carolina did uh, we'll, we'll start with baseball and then we'll kind of work our way through it. Um, I, I'm hearing Carolina wins last night. They're 17-1. to Outstanding record entering SEC play uh, if they can play on Friday. A lot of rain is expected in Athens. 
um, beginning um, early Friday morning or late Thursday night. So uh, we'll, we'll see about that. With that said, uh, I'm hearing there might be a, a defection from the roster. What are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, actually, John Whittle, you know, with the Big Spur had it first because he, he always does, you know, especially when it comes to baseball. But uh, Kevin Madden, I've been able to confirm that he is not in the transfer portal as we speak right now, but that's the direction that he's trending. He's gone ahead and told the coaches that uh, he thinks he'd be better off somewhere else. So, uh, you know, obviously he was a starter last year. He's had a couple of injuries this year, and he just playing got beat out at third base there. Uh, and there really isn't a spot for him uh, to maybe get back in unless somebody gets hurt, which you can't really depend on. So I'm not sure how it works, If he, but I think if he leaves now, he still preserves the season of eligibility. Whether he can play right away if he goes somewhere or has to wait till next year, that's the option he's decided to take. So Kevin Madden, uh, it certainly appears that while he's not in the portal yet, he will be soon and he won't be a part of the team going forward. Uh, you know, no animosity, no, uh, you know, bitter feelings. A kid wants to play and it's just not going to be happening here with the way the Gamecocks have started and kind of coalesced into a solid lineup. So, uh, yeah, Kevin Madden uh, is uh, hitting, hitting the trail and uh, you wish him well. Yeah, he's a kid who transferred in from Virginia Tech. He is a graduate, so uh, as you mentioned, D.C., he should be okay to play. So, yeah, he's played in 11 games, no starts this year, did deal with an injury, was a starter when he got to Carolina. Uh, but you've got Madden, you've got, uh, you know, Michael Braswell, for instance, you know, two dudes who last year were stalwarts in there as long as they were healthy, and and they've got a combined 18 at-bats through 18 games this season. We've seen the power. Um, we've seen the, the difference in the line. I mean, it's, it's been impressive. They're much better. There's no doubt. Um, I, as we enter SEC play here, at DC, I don't know if you feel a whole lot better if you're a Carolina fan, that's for sure. Well, absolutely. And in fact, I just, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, filed a story for the paper tomorrow about that very thing. Um, you know, you played 18 games and you've only lost one. You, you can't get much better than that. <laughs> They're pitching, uh, you know, I guess from the starting has not been maybe, Dominant, but it's been really good. And the offense, of course, has been terrific. Uh, hitting 308 as a team, lead the country with 48 homers. And Gavin Cassis is one of uh, five guys who has at least six. And, of course, he has 10 by himself through 18 games. So you really like what you see. But, of course, now it becomes a whole different animal. Uh, the next 10 weekends, three games apiece against the SEC. And just from a quick Look at D1 baseball uh, rankings, the top 25 today. That's the rankings we use at the Post and Courier. You got nine SEC teams in the top 25, including the top three and six of the top seven. Now, the Gamecocks will play nine, or I'm sorry, uh, they'll play five of those nine opponents. And uh, these first three weekends, I'm not going to say they're easy because they're conference play, but Georgia, Missouri, Mississippi State, none of those guys are ranked. So you do actually have kind of a chance, at least by record, for USC to say, for all the people asking if you're real, now's the chance where you can get a lot of wins in your stable early before it really starts picking up. Because four weeks from today, gentlemen, number one LSU comes to Founders Park yeah. for a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. So everything's looking good right now. A lot of people keep asking, man, are, are they for real? Is this for real? Because, you know, they haven't really played that competition. The two answers I give is like, I don't really know because last year they were losing to some of this competition. But we'll have to go see. And as I always say in baseball, they're playing real good ball right now. So let's just see if they can keep playing real good ball. Yeah, you, you know, I, I, um, 
I'm a pretty optimistic person and pretty positive. We've talked to Coach King a ton. Um, he he's feeling pretty good. If there, I'm going to ask you what your one concern would be going into the SEC. I'll tell you what mine is though. And I ran the numbers after last night's game, and it ain't good. You'd probably know where I'm going. Leadoff hitters this year, not 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 subs, not pinch hitters. The starter starting in the starting lineup, leadoff guys now after last night's game, DC, just seven of sixty nine with 23 strikeouts, and Caleb Denny just one of 26 with 11 strikeouts himself in that leadoff role. Uh, you know, they, they continue to win in spite of that, so obviously that's the great news, but you just you hit the nail on the head. They got 30 SEC games coming up. You got to get some production up there, and nobody seems to have an answer, an answer right now. Yeah, I mean, all you can do, uh, Jamie, is just start switching around the lineup. I don't think you want to pull Caleb Denny out of the outfield at this point, especially with the power that he has in that bat. So it's just something that you got to work through. Uh, obviously, you're not going to move some of your big boppers, your McGillis and your Messina and your Cassis out of the roles that they're in. You've got to have them in those three, four, five spots. But of course, it's one of those where every year, without fail, I hear, hey, we're we're going to get on base and we're going to make life tough on the catcher. We're going to steal. And then every year but one, it doesn't happen. Now, this year there's the excuse of like, I mean, it's hard to steal first, you know, and when you're starting every first inning with one out, what can you do? But it's a case of they want to get that uh, straightened out. But to me, Jamie, it's that's a thing that may can happen, may can improve. You know, guys get, get hot, get into a streak, whatever. To me, the real concern going in is the fielding. It's been good. It's been decent, been adequate. But, man, 17 errors. It's not the worst in the conference, but they can see the bottom from where they are. Uh, I mean, somehow Mississippi State national champs two years ago, those guys have got 27 errors in 17 games. They can't field a ground ball with a shovel down in in Starkville right now. (laughs) USC's not that bad, but they got 17. And it's like, "Mm, that's not good. And then – Chalking it up to some younger players, some guys playing out of position, what have there's been some bad baseball decisions. You guys know what I'm talking about, to where yeah, you you gotta you gotta think, you know, and I know you're trying to make a play, you gotta make instinct, but you gotta make the smart play here. Those have kind of calmed down after the Clemson weekend, but the fielding to me has really got to get cleaned up. Well, see, guys, you know, Georgia, that's a tough place to play. Carolina's had their struggles over there. Their middle-of-the-order guys are hitting, both hitting over 500. Um, you know, um, we'll we'll see. Final one, on because we got to move you quick because there's so much to get to, and I know you got to get to a press conference in just a little while. Um, if, if rain does interrupt Friday's contest, which if you ask me right now, it's going to, mm-hmm. and they, they're going to have to double-dip this weekend, would they play two nines, and do you have an opinion as to whom that may benefit, if it benefits anybody at all? Yeah, if they're going to play two on Saturday, they'll play two nines. Uh, if they have to go to Sunday, the coaches will have to discuss if they have time because of the travel restrictions, if you can play two nines or you got to do a nine and a seven or maybe even two sevens. But right now, if rain were to uh, you know, prohibit Friday, you go ahead and play two nines on Saturday, then you play another nine on Sunday. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but I don't think it would affect any of the pitching plans that USC would have. I think no matter what in game one, it's going to be Will Sanders. And then you got Noah Hall yeah. coming up in game two right behind him. And then, of course, Jack Mahoney in the third. And they've pitched last weekend against Bethune Cookman and last night against Presby to go ahead and set that up. You know, you had a Mahoney and uh, I'm sorry, Eli Jones. Uh, pitching last night, so you do have uh, James Hicks available for this weekend. 
Yeah, we'll see. I, it'd be, if they do push it, it'll be interesting to see what Sanders looks like on Saturday versus Sunday. Cause and playing in his home state. Um, oh, yeah. Honestly, Will's been good. Will's been real good, but he has not been dominant. And I chalk it up to, hey, he didn't pitch all fall. He didn't pitch all summer. He's getting back into form. So, yeah, I think he can go out there. And, you know, this is, I think, believe it was Georgia, where he had kind of his star-making turn a couple of years ago. So, this is a big chance for him. I'm sure his dad will be in the stands. Uh, everybody knows this face and voice, David Cloninger, the Post and Courier. If you've ever watched a press conference on South Carolina's YouTube channel, he's always the first one generally that you hear. And if you don't hear that voice first, it worries some, I know. Uh, but um, all right, to football, and then we'll finish with hoops. And Phil, you jump in anywhere you need to jump in here. Uh, so some interesting nuggets yesterday, um, something we speculated about a little bit, the fact that the carry on joiner has always kind of been a wild card. Maybe he could be a, a potential answer of sorts at running back. We'll see. Um, also coming, we're on the heels of, of pro day. So summarize the last couple of days in Gamecock fo- on Gamecock football land from your end, what you saw on pro day and then what you saw, not that we learned a whole lot, but what you saw and heard yesterday in the opening day of spring practice. Obviously, Jamie, everybody looks a lot better than they can be when there's no contact and you're just out there in helmets and shorts. I'll say it was the coldest day I've ever had in a spring practice yesterday. Wind blowing right in your face, you're in the shade. Man, it was it was nasty over there at the field. But you know, that's 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 what we go through. No big, no big deal. But um, you know, a lot of the the newcomers, they are as advertised in terms of height and weight. I'm looking around and I say a lot more than I used to, like man, those guys just look like they're ready to play right away. A lot of times when you would get a freshman, it's like, ah, red shirt him, let him get bigger and stronger. I mean, maybe he's just 18 years old. He's got some growing to do. A lot of these guys that are coming in right now are grown men, and you can tell it right away that they're ready to get out there and make an impact. Um, I know a lot of people are like, you know, what what, what kind of formations did they line up? They weren't going to run anything on the first day, and they weren't going to show it to us in any case so we could go out there and report it. But the fact is, is that anything they do, and this is through the spring game, offensively, you're just going to have to put an asterisk beside it. Why? Because right now they just don't have the depth of running back. They've got two scholarship running backs, and it's really hard to set up an offense when you don't know what you have from a running game perspective. So no matter what they do, nothing against to carry on Joyner helping out because we all know what he can do. But it's like, I think you're kind of just doing this to make sure you got some plays, you got some formations that you can run in the spring and say, this is what we'll come back to once we get to the fall. The most important thing facing this football team is the next transfer portal window, which is May 1st to May 15th. They got to go get a running back. They got to get probably two, maybe even three out of there. And then you can start putting together, Dowell Loggins can start putting together what his offense is going to look like. Right now, you know, you can go out there and run the plays with Juju McDowell and with Mario Anderson and to carry on. And, hey, okay, you know exactly what you're trying to do. But in terms of is this going to work next year, you're not going to know an answer. Nothing is Juju or Mario, but we know that Juju cannot be a 20 carries per game guy in the SEC. Just will not work. Mario Anderson, don't know a lot about him, but in terms of height, he's 5'9", same as McDowell. He's got about 28 more pounds, 30 pounds more than McDowell, so probably take a little bit more of a beating, but don't know if you want to lean on that and saying, okay, going into a third year, big year, where you could win eight to nine games and you're going to start a Division II guy. Not to say it couldn't work. It could, but – you probably want to have a few more options there. So whatever you see offensively, 
it's not going to be what you see in the summer and fall. It's just not. It's going to go with a major shift. But right now they're just working through what they can with formation and saying, here's how it's going to look. We just got to get some more personnel. Do you think, uh, David, that similarly on the opposite side of the football for edge is the other you know thing that we're saying that needs to be heavily targeted in that brief window after spring practice uh, is why we saw some of the – other guys getting looks at edge like Westmoreland, you know, coming in from the linebacker spot. Uh, you know, do you feel the same basically about that position group as you do with running backs? I, I do. I mean, Phil, they, they know that they need defensive ends right now. Even with Westmoreland coming over, they had five guys out there, and that's clearly not enough to get through a season when you'll probably play all five during a game. But in terms of setting up what you want to do, you've got enough to get through spring. You've got enough to say these guys will service us through the spring. You know what they can do. You know where where they will be going into the fall. And then you just add more around them. It's not going to waylay any defensive plans for them to go ahead and have the limited depth. But they'll pick up more there. So the defense, I think, you'll be able to see what it's going to like. Because right now, guys, as, as you know, the past two years with the defense, it's like, man, this secondary has really been playing great. Why can't they stop the run better than they do? That's what they got to shore up. I mean, that's that's been the big problem the past two years. Of course, we're going to go talk to Clayton White here in a couple of minutes, and I would have to think he'll say, yeah, that's that's what we got to do because a reason that the the passing game has gotten so many numbers, people ain't got to throw the ball. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have some pretty inflated numbers when it's like, you know, all you got to do is put your head down and run. And, of course, the last game they played, yes, there were some asterisks attached, but Notre Dame ran slap over them. And USC knew it couldn't stop it. So that'll be the big thing. And I think that you'll be able to see a major difference if there's going to be one shown in this spring uh, through the spring game. I cannot remember a spring where Carolina's had so much optimism. They have a lot of answers, but yet they still have a lot of questions. However, it's, it's you mentioned it. It's a different world. Got another transfer portal coming up. Things can get solved in a hurry now. Um, in college football 12 30 when the coordinators meet today we'll certainly wait to to see your report on that uh limbo white and uh dowell loggins uh, will all be meeting with the media um, which will be that's an interesting group of dudes perry orth told us yesterday he works out with clayton white um so you might want to ask him about that see who's stronger and and all that all right um on to hoops we go uh We'll start ladies first. We all know what's going on here, uh, D.C., and um, it's this is just as remarkable what's happening. Uh, I, I, I've been trying to figure out a scenario in which somebody could pull an upset over Carolina in this tournament to be humble about it. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I just haven't found one. Um, they're kind of getting the, the old UConn treatment. Don't really have to leave the state. Yeah, you're kind of hanging around. But, I mean, more importantly, like what makes that – what fuels that conversation is the team, the girls, the, the the coach. I mean, they just seem to never be satisfied, D.C. What have you learned about them leading into the into the postseason this year? There's a bunch of faces you we're not going to see uh, moving forward. After this season, they're, they're going to be off to the WNBA. What have you learned here as they kind of turn the page to the postseason and generally when they do that, it's dangerous for their opponents? Well, Jamie, every year they set goals, you know, and they, they write them down on, on a list in the locker room, and it's uh, the standard things you would expect, SEC regular season championships, SEC tournament championships, hosting a regional national champions. Nowhere on that list, not this year, not any year, was going undefeated. Nowhere. 
That's not the goal, okay? Because they know, just look at last year, look at 17. You can win the national title without going undefeated, and it is hard to go undefeated because sometimes you just don't play your best for whatever reason. Well, they are undefeated, and they have played well. As you said, they don't flinch. Uh, they get down, you know, maybe in a bad first quarter like they did at Tennessee. They get in overtime against Stanford and Ole Miss. There's no panic. Dawn doesn't have to say, now, now come on now. I'm, you, you guys better start playing or I'm going to put my foot in your butt. That never happens. And the players never say, hey, coach, you know, we, we got – it's unspoken. They know. It's like, we'll find a way. We'll find a way. And they have found a way. 32 straight times this season, 38 straight times going to the end of last season. So they all know. To a woman in that locker room, you've gone 32-0, and 0, but you could have lost any one of them and still been right here. Now it really begins. It's 6-0. and 0, You've got to bring it every night, but they know that. And as for upsets, man, I mean, yeah, I've been doing this a long time, and it's not like the men's tournament where anybody can beat anybody else on any given night. In the women's game, 99% of the time, the team with the most talent is going to win, and they have the most talent. Is that to say that I don't look down and see some intriguing games? Oh, yeah. South Florida, that's here in Columbia, really good team. Sneaky good team. They were in the top 25 most of the season. They just dropped out because they didn't win their conference championship game. You look in that bracket, UCLA, Maryland, South Carolina's played both of them already this year and beat both of them. UCLA game at home was very close. Maryland game got away from the Terrapins at the end, and let's not forget, Maryland was without its best player that night. Things can happen. You look way ahead to the Final Four. I'll go ahead and say it. I don't look at Iowa and say, oh, that's a team that can beat South Carolina. Hmm. I, they got a great, tremendous player. But team-wise, no, not going to happen. If it came to a rematch with LSU, they'll beat them, and they'll beat them sadly. UConn, feel the same way. Stanford, tough team because they've got the height that can match South Carolina's. So there's a lot out there that could happen. But, of course, it's always, hey, look, all these teams you're listing, you probably only got to play one of them. So just go see who you can play. And you got Norfolk State up first. A little interesting factoid. South Carolina's number two in the country in scoring defense. Number one, Norfolk State. Wow. They're allowing opponents 50 points a game, just over 50 points a game. South Carolina's right behind that. Of course, they have not played the caliber of competition that South Carolina has. But they're doing something right. So it's not going to be just show up and, and hand it to you. I mean, obviously, you look at last year where Howard scored four points and a half. And thought, but that's not going to happen this time. So they know what they have to do. 32-0 and is amazing, but it doesn't mean anything if you don't go 6-0 and now. And I know that sounds callous. I know it sounds big time, but it's the truth. I mean, I have reflected on the past twice now, in the past two years, Am I going to be sitting here in some future week and say, am I about to say that a 35-1 and season is a disappointment? Oh. That's oh, what no. that's the reality. That is the reality. And it hasn't happened, but they got to go win six more. It's not five. It's not four. It's six. You got to win six. And they all know it, and they're prepared for it. 38, no. Uh, the best record in the history of women's basketball, I think, was 40-0 UConn, right? Yes, they would be the 10th undefeated team uh, to, or 10th team to have an undefeated season, at least in the NCAA tournament era. So it's been done by a lot of teams, but it hasn't been done by South Carolina. Uh, they're hoping to become the third team to uh, re- repeat as national champion, as in back-to-back. This would be are, – are we even – are we talking about the D word yet, or do we need to get through the national championship? 
Yeah. I mean, obviously, I think it's already in place if you look at what's happened since 2015, but you go by titles. And if you went back to back, which would give you three in the past five years or six years or yeah. five tournaments since there was no tournament in 20, easy call. I mean, I think it's already there, but nobody would disagree if they got this one done too. Yeah, it's like I hesitate maybe to use the word, but I was like, but you've definitely, you know, Un- dethroned UConn. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, they, yeah. they finished two straight regular seasons ranked number one in every single week. Mm-hmm. That's only been done two other times. Yes. So in women's basketball history. And, uh, you know, give credit where it's due because even last year, they lost a couple of games, but they've done so much already. It's like there's still body of work is still an easy call for number one. Uh, we're we're going to, we're, it's going to be years down the road, and you're going to be one of the really lucky ones, David, because you've been up close and personal for everything that this program has gone through under Don Staley's leadership. But one day you're going to be sitting there telling your grandkids how you covered one of the greatest sports D-words uh, in the history of college athletics. Well, from every every season, J.B., uh, Don and I have kind of like our own tradition. That's the last game of the year. I've gone up to him like, been a while since I was asking you about 10-win seasons, ain't it? Yeah, and every year it gets more and more fun to ask because they're usually holding up the trophy. Has she changed at all? And how? When, I didn't know. I've I've only talked to her a handful of times ever. Right. She's been super to me. But the, from the day you met her, her first press conference yeah. to now, is there any difference? In, in oh, Dawn? no, no difference in how she talks with me or how she talks to the media. I mean, yes, there there was some growing on both sides when she first got here and realized you can't coach this group of kids like you did at Temple. You just can't. But as she said, once she stopped yelling and started coaching, that's where you saw the results come in. And as many great teams, as many great players as I've seen on this beat, that first group of seniors, the 2014 team, you know, that had gone through it and gotten their faces kicked in quite a few times. And all of a sudden, as seniors, they went 25 games to get to the 16. It's like, okay, that's what coaching does because none of those kids – were amazing, terrific, you know, all-star players in high school. They were good, but mostly they were tough. And they came in and they learned how to win. They learned how to play. And then all of a sudden you start to see the really talented players come in. And now you have what you have right now. Does she still do her um, her preseason retreats for her team where she sends them off and takes her cell phones away and all that stuff? Is she yeah, still sometimes. That? And yeah. generally, you know, I realize it's tough to do, especially with NIL now. But during the season, no, no social media usage. Just don't do it, you know. So, I mean, that's that's one of her things, and all the players buy into it because it's like, yeah, that's not going to get you where you want to go. And that's hard to do with NIL, but <laughs> you go ahead and adapt, and, and, and you do it. All right, what what one or one minute or so left with DC on the flip side of social media usage? The men's team has had no problem doing that uh, throughout the years, in particular. At least one at least player. one of them had no That's problem. Right. Yeah, funny you mentioned social. <laughs> Could you imagine that happening in Don Staley's locker room? Oh my goodness. That would uh, be met with a swift retribution. Oh but. yeah. I mean, no, it's, it's kids and it's kids and it's yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm. Yeah, I'm not putting you on the spot there. As sweet as Dawn is, she scares the daylights out of me when it comes to, you know, that just that that Dawn look. All right, so there's a couple of uh, a couple of players entering the transfer portal. Um, no shockers, really. Trayvon Minot and or Minot and um, Javon Benson probably going to see maybe another one or two. You mentioned Whittle earlier scooping the baseball thing. I, I got that from him, so we want to credit him there too. Um, 
And then, of course, we know they're going to tap into the transfer portal very, Mm -hmm. very heavily. How heavy is that tapping right now? Well, I mean, you have to do it. I mean, last year, obviously, they couldn't say no to anybody. It was like, well, do you need a point guard? Do you need a small forward? You need somebody to say yes. That was the whole Canada thing. (laughs) Get players. Just get them. However you got to do it, get them, you know. So they did. They can afford to be a little more picky this year, but still it's a case of you've got to replenish your roster. Right now, I mean, you've got four real good pieces of a starting five coming back. Uh, You get Abrema Dibba to come back after he was lost for the season with injury this year. So you've got some good pieces to start out with, but you've got to have guys behind him. Um, I think you guys know they got not a lot of anything from the post this year. They've got to go find a big man. They've got to go find a productive big man, which is why Lamont Paris was one of the first guys to call and to contact B.J. Mack when he decided he was going to transfer from Wofford. And I, I do kind of hope he comes here because then I'll have to keep catching myself, B.J. Mack, not B.J. Mackey. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I know I'm going to mess up sometime, but we'll see how that goes. But you got to go get guys. You got to go get big men. And then after that, I mean, could you use a true point guard, a true facilitator? Yeah, but you've got guys who can handle that position without having a true point guard. You've got three guys in Jacoby Wright, Chico Carter, and Michi Johnson who can handle that role off and on during the game. So it's not maybe a vital part, but it's something you'd like to have. The main thing, though, they've got to go get bodies, and they need to be big bodies, and they've got to be productive guys. I mean, nothing against Benson and Mano, but they weren't going to play, and they yeah. didn't play much this year. And honestly, not to throw any – I'm not casting any shade or anything, but if you couldn't get a lot of minutes on this team – it wasn't going to job well for your future here. So they can go down, transfer maybe down a level and see where they can play, and they'll go from there. But obviously they've got to go just go replenish the roster again like they did last year, and it's why for everybody that's been entering the portal, almost every time you'll see so-and-so tells me these schools have contacted him, and always South Carolina is going to be on them. They've got to go and just get guys in here. And you mentioned NIL. Where's JC when we need him? Yeah, right. We're, we're all going to be wrong because what's going to end up happening is uh, tra- uh, Javon and Trayvon are going to end up at, like, Alabama. We're going to be like, why the hell weren't they playing the whole time? <laughs> Wouldn't would be the first time, you know. I mean, <laughs> and you, you can kind of make an argument that obviously this has been going on for a while, but yeah. once, uh, once Darren Horn said to Ramon Galloway that he didn't want him around anymore, Obviously, you saw what happened with Ramon. Led a Sweet 16 charge at LaSalle. And from that moment, you know, he lost basically his entire team. That, that stood to be a really good team. But once Ramon was told he was no longer needed, a lot of the other players were like, why am I hanging around then? Bye. Yeah, see ya. And then, yeah. you know, Darren deservedly gets fired. And then you have no team. And yeah. then it's like uh, I perfectly understood the situation I was here for, but still that didn't make me one less uh, maybe just agonized or a little angry when I see Anthony Gill go up to Virginia and start winning game after game. I'm like, man, <laughs> yeah. I saw that guy as a freshman. And he was amazing. If only he could add some more guys around him. But that's the game. It's the way it happens, and especially in basketball, you've always been able to rebuild with transfers. The portal just makes that easier now. So you can go get them, but, of course, with NIL kind of, uh, I don't want to say muddying the waters, but an option, you got to be able to outbid a lot of guys. So yeah. we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. 
And for those interested in Darren Horn, uh, you can find him at 9.20 p.m. Friday night against top-seeded Houston in Birmingham, Alabama on TV. Two NCAA bursts since he was fired. It's amazing. But, again, yeah. it's smaller league, and ain't nobody <laughs> arguing that he was not good here. So yeah, no. Nobody arguing that. That first, you, uh, team, that first team, I will say, should have been the NCAA tournament. They, 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 they I mean, it's right. – I know it sounds bad, but I feel so bad for Clemson right now because they got screwed. If I can say that on the air, if not, I apologize. But they should have been in. And I'm like, I know what you guys are going through. 0916. Went through the yeah. same thing here. Yeah. It should have it's, been. It's in. a theory I can get into on a future show about why, if you're at a school that doesn't have a lot of tournament history, you've got to make it absolutely perfect to get considered. And why yeah, South and Clemson are not there. No, they're not, and they're a long way from it, as a matter of fact. We'll let you run on that note. Uh, we're, we're staying on GG Watch, right? We, we all kind of pretty much know what's happening with him. Yeah. but I mean, the, the expectation is he'll leave, but until he actually says it, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, certainly look forward to following along today uh, with uh, your coverage of uh, coordinator uh, press coordinators. Yeah, availability here in uh, less than an hour now over at the football facility. And as always, we'll be listening very closely for that. Someone did ask in the chat box, how do you always get the first questions? Is it true? Like, do you beat people up or do you poison their water? Like, what happens? <laughs> no, no, no. You just uh, you, you you make friends with uh, the, the the kids who hold the microphones. <laughs> with Steve Fink? <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's not nearly the big of a deal as everybody thinks it is. But you. Uh, do you pull a Hunter Beamer on Steve Fink? Like, I better get the first question or else. Or I'm else. Gonna, yeah. I'm going to nah, kick nah, you in the balls. Nah, like I mean, I would love to, to sit here and, and give you some kind of good fellas answer, but I'm. Fink <laughs> <laughs> uh, is great. He's great, man. He's great. So are you. As you know, I've said this for years. I really do appreciate all of your work. Um, and we certainly look forward to having you back very soon. And we'll be uh, we'll be following along throughout the afternoon. Well, take care, y'all. And for all the women's fans out there, Columbia, Greenville, Dallas. And, yes, I will be in all three. So come out, find me. We'll have a beer together. Oh, you can, you can have a beer with Stefan while you're down there in Dallas. I mean, I, I saw that yeah. come across, and I texted him, and I was like, uh, what you think, man? He's like, grew up with a Cowboys poster on my wall, so okay. Now they just need to. Personally, I'm going to hate seeing him in that uniform, but he's, he's one of my kids, so he can't hate it too much. Yeah. He's, a, he's a rock thrill guy, no doubt. Thanks, bud. See ya. Take care, Thanks, guys. David. Mm-hmm. David Kloniger on Twitter at DCPNC. All right, so we're way past due for a break, Phil, so we'll let you roll that, and everybody hang tight. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go game 
Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters, and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper and they offer pressure washing find them on facebook or call 803-522-6832 a couple of painters proud partners of inside the gamecocks the show are you sick and tired of your business computer guy yes he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests yeah same here i'm paying him good money i constantly have issues and i'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fees low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699? 1001 is Matt's contact number. Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is former All-American shortstop Drew Meyer. And you're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody, brought to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662, to set up a no-obligation consultation about a potential backyard retreat for your home. And, of course, the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate Cindy's number is 864-414-5271, so you can get in touch with her for all your upstate residential real estate needs. And looking at the NFL, JB, uh, looks like Hayden Hurst is moving a little closer to home. Yeah. Should be heading back to, not back to for him, but uh, he's going to Carolina, going to be a Panther. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, Mm -hmm. Perry, as a matter of fact, uh, next time we get Perry on... um, we will we'll talk to him about Hayden that you know they're they're best friends and um Perry had a lot to do with Hayden coming to South Carolina as a matter of fact so uh he's he's gone to watch him play and all those type things I'm trying I just pulled out the Panthers roster as a matter of fact 
Um, I didn't realize Andre Roberts was with the Panthers. Why did I not realize that? So you'll have and Andre went to the Citadel. So you'll have Shy Smith, uh, Hayden Hurst. Uh, I guess that's it right now. Usually the Panthers have a few guys from oh, yeah. South Carolina. Uh, JC. Oh yeah, JC. Yeah. Um, so that's three, right? Mm-hmm. And they just if they want to get better, they just need to just draft all SEC guys. They'll, they'll win the freaking <laughs> Super Bowl. Don't mess around. <laughs> Go after proven commodities in the best league. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, 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 uh, just draft Alabama's team and Georgia's team, and you'll be fine. You know, from there, you'll, you'll be all right. But if they do, one of the yeah, headlines I saw was like Hayden Hurst heading to the Carolina Panthers should be a good fit offensively and a dynamic weapon for whoever their quarterback's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> didn't they reach an agreement with, uh, with, um, uh, um, Andy Dalton? Oh, really? Surely they're not thinking of starting him. Yesterday it was, I did see Dalton's red hair yeah, on the yeah. internet yesterday, but I didn't click it. <laughs> yeah. So, so they've, so they've agreed to a two year deal with Andy Dalton. Wow. Uh, two years, 10 million, unless something's changed since then. Um, two years, 10 million, maximum value of 17, eight fully guaranteed. But they just traded for the top pick in the draft. Yeah, that's a backup. So, I'm sure they're going after uh, probably Bryce Young. Well, Thomas Brown is the new offensive coordinator, former running backs coach at Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, is it do you, are you trading for Dalton because you want him to start, or are you trading for Dalton because you're going to draft a quarterback at one, and you just you're going to let these guys work it out? And if the kid that you drafted isn't ready to go, you know, you're just going to start Dalton until he's ready to go. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm yeah, curious. I saw something where Frank Reich was talking up Anthony Richardson, but I thought that was just uh, I just I, I thought he was blowing smoke there. I can't buy. I can't. I just. <laughs> I I say, I'm saying the same thing again. I, I I'm not a I'm not an expert. I know that An- Anthony Richardson is a big fan of our show. He probably watches it, you know, daily. Never misses a minute. He's probably not gonna be happy. I, I I I'm saying the same thing I said in August. I I just I gotta see it. Remember yeah. back in August, dude? It was like AR15. He's gonna he's gonna oh, yeah. win the Heisman and blah 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 blah. And then they beat Utah, and it was. Yeah, and then, yeah, it really blew up. And then we get into conference play and he can't hit the broad side of a barn. <laughs> yeah. I, exactly. Like, so okay. I, yeah, because I remember what the next three games that were like, well, he's got more touchdowns than anybody in the SEC. The only problem is he keeps throwing to the other team. <laughs> 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 well, <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, uh, that's, that's not really going to win you a lot of games there, AR. <laughs> <laughs> that, that ain't that's not how it works um you know there's some ego though in the nfl that's going to be like i can fix it <laughs> you know that's going to go oh, all sure. coldly with this pick and be like oh, i can fix it <laughs> well i've always it's, not, it's one of the reasons and you, certainly i get it you know the patriots forever had tom brady um and and you have to clearly since he's left you've seen what's happened to the patriots however you know, they are one of the organizations, you can call them the lead organization for so long that 
that really took guys that that they felt were just football players, you know, like guys like mm-hmm. Julian Edelman, and guys like that. And then you have other organizations who draft uh, strictly on, you know, the numbers and the projectabilities and this, that, and the other. And when you do that, uh, you know, it doesn't always doesn't always work out. I mean, Jamarcus Russell is probably the greatest example of that in history. Um, and there's a, there's a there's countless others. So, uh, yeah, I you know whatever. I I just I don't think that he would. He's Put it this way. If the Panthers are really gung-ho and taking a quarterback at one, and for some reason it's not Bryce Young or, or the Stroud kid, I'd take Levis before I took Anthony Richardson. And yeah, not not that high on him either. <laughs> well, I'm not either, but I'm just saying. But at I mean, least he's got the, you know, I, I don't know. I think it really goes on what you're trying to do offensively, JB, at that point, because it's like if you want your prototypical – of, you know, albeit athletic guy, go Levis. And if you're looking for just a straight athlete who you think you can fix his mechanics, if you're going with a project that you know has super through the roof, you know, ceiling potential, then maybe Anthony Richardson is the one. But I, I don't know. I'm Who knows what they're going to do with the first pick. But I, I don't think I'd go either. I'd go Bryce Young. <laughs> if I were going to go quarterback, I'd go Bryce Young. Yeah, I'd. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are kind of, I I know they're not really sleeping on Stroud, but I think he's going to have a a, a great career. Stroud, I like him. Yeah. Yeah. I like him. I do too. I I think he's, uh, yeah, he's got a chance. He's he's certainly got a chance. Um, Nanosports chat box is. Is open and active. Uh, Let's see here. Bruin Nation Gamecock Barbecue. I got to figure out what this guy does. Gamecock Barbecue. I'm not an AR fan, but he had less interceptions than Rattler, which is true. But he also had about 75 less passing attempts than Rattler. I think he, I think Richard, I think Rattler threw 12 and Richardson threw nine. So you tack on another 75 or 80 passing attempts, and I'm not really sure what that number is going to necessarily equate to or what it really means. But um, I, dude, I mean, this. This is not me seeing through garnet glasses at all. It's not what I'm saying. If if someone told me today you can have Rattler or or Richardson in the college game, give me Rattler. If you yeah. told me in the in the pro game until we see what Spencer does this year, I'd say push. Um, but I'm not like oh Richardson. It's, no, and one of them stayed in college for another year of development before moving up to the next level, and then one of them decided to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, let's see what else here. Jamie, uh, I think uh, Jamie Churchill asked about this a couple of times when DC says four guys, is he saying, right? Michi, Chico and gray trying to remember what he was referencing there. We lose Brown and Gigi. So that means three to me. He was saying portal, I think. Yeah. Well, so they're going to lose my not there. They had a scholarship open this year. Remember yeah. they never filled one and then you're losing two. Two to the portal. So right now that counts as five scholarships, if not more than that. Because uh, they're going to lose somebody else to the portal, if not yeah. two more. But definitely, I think from what I'm hearing, is one more. So, oh, it's returning starters. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, sorry. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're, you're talking about, um, yeah, you're talking about uh, Michi, Jacoby, um, 
gray gray yeah mm-hmm. uh chico i thought he's out of eligibility right go on unless he Let me pull up the roster right quick great radio yeah, I can't uh, remember. let's see. I don't know. I'll have to do, and so we don't waste all your time on this. I'm, I won't, uh, yeah, well, so, I get it. Yeah, so yeah, he so should be he, back. No, he should be back. back this four. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, okay, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so he's got four, that because he got the free year. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. he got so, bonus year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so that's four. Um, yeah, yeah, so, th- so there's, yeah, four returning starts. Now, will they all start? I ah, shoot, who knows, but four guys who started. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so you know, there's, there's a little bit of a foundation. They got the young guys in there and, um, you could technically say five if you wanted to, if you want to include the the uh, kid from Coastal because he was a starter at mm-hmm. Coastal. But um, you know, so yeah, I mean, look, they've got they've got some things to build with. I mean, how how are they gonna how are they gonna get it going? I don't know. You know we'll, we'll see. Yeah, they're gonna have to make a splash in the portal, and um, and I, I I'm just I'm really. I don't want to. I don't want to say. I don't want to. I don't know how to say this. I'm just not optimistic that they can get at this point in time go out and sign the type of talent you need to have that large of a turnaround. Like I think personally, Phil, and I know we got to get to one more quick break here, but I think it's going to have to be a combination of of a lot of stuff here. You're going to have to continue to develop what you've got. You're probably going to end up signing a guy or two from the portal that are still going to need to be developed. And then you're going to have to find a couple of dudes who come in and fit whatever style of basketball they're trying to run at South Carolina. Because I, I don't really I don't really understand this kind of positionless brand of basketball. I'm not a basketball expert, and I'm not saying that in anything that's not shot uh, taking a shot at anybody. Yeah. I, I, I just I just more understand, you know, traditional one, two, three, four, five basketball and if there might be a reason they didn't really play it like that this year because they just didn't have the guys to so they just kind of had to do what they needed to do as david pointed out it was kind of just getting bodies out there um so but i'm not really sure you know if we can ever get uh, get lamont on the program which one day we we will you know i will ask him directly you know what what is the brand of basketball that, that carolina you want south carolina to play under your leadership so We'll see. I, I just there's just a lot of yeah. It's interesting. JB, the yeah. brand yeah. of basketball you're talking about wins games. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm smart enough to know that. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right. Um, so let's let's hit this quick break. We, we do have another quick segment to get to. We got a lot of stuff in the Nanosports chat box, guys. We're gonna we got a pretty much uh, wide open program the rest of the way here. So we're gonna try to get all of you in and have some fun with you on the hump day here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh, easy. He's got a tire by the tail, he has. He better hang on, too. People have spoken. Nana's Porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper Public Poll. Also, their pimento cheese, mmm, took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern Cuisine with an Uptown Twist. 
We're well into the new year and the days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks. Cock Nation, do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support Inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Uh, this is Coach O. Now back to the show. Go Tigers. In the soul. Welcome back, everybody. Inside the Game Cox, the show presented to you by Express Sun Rooms in Columbia. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with them. Either that or John B. at expresssunrooms.com to talk about how they can bring a bit more sunshine into your life this summer. Ain't no su- All right, so uh, a lot of questions uh-huh. in the Nana Sports chat box about South Carolina and their running back position. We're going to hold those till the top of the hour. Hang tight. We will, we will certainly get into that. That was already kind of on the docket. Uh, today uh so the breaking news from the nfl and i see it also already in nana sports chat box this is uh so tampa has signed baker mayfield this this cat is living the dream dude i I wonder (laughs) is he moving into brady's house too i mean he's gonna get eight and a half million dollars to go to tampa i got a buddy who i can't say what he does because it's something for the government but He's it. He's been transferred from the West Coast to the Tampa area, and let's just say that area is it's easy to probably get in trouble down. There. He hadn't gotten in trouble, but it's easy to get in trouble down there. Baker Mayfield is good. Like he's been in Cleveland. He's been in. Well, he was in L.A. right for a little bit. He's yeah. been in Charlotte, but he's going to be in Tampa with another eight million in his pocket. No just state income out of St. Petersburg. Just no state income tax. That's true. <laughs> oh man. Oh, all right. <laughs> I, I would suffer the hey. slings and arrows of being Baker Mayfield for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, you know, who am I? I'm some dip four letter word blank, you know, sports right. media guy in Charleston, South Carolina. Nobody knows. And nobody cares what I think. Um, and I agree with all of you. That's fine. Uh, with that said, I can only imagine the celebrations that are happening inside of the offices of Charlotte, New Orleans, and Atlanta today as Baker Mayfield inks his deal with the Bucks. Like, 
Somebody in Atlanta is like, oh, my God, we're going to win the freaking Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, boys, we're, we're at least 2-15 and 15 next year. <laughs> uh, That's right. Yeah. Derek Carr yeah. looks more serviceable in New Orleans than he did yesterday. <laughs> the Panthers are like, doesn't matter who we draft. We're, 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 we're fine. That's <laughs> the green light out. for Anthony Richardson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um yeah, I mean, you, yeah. So you're talking about he talk, So you're talking about Mayfield. Who's the starting quarterback in Atlanta? Is it still Desmond Ritter? Uh, yeah, unless they make a move. I thought right. they might have moved for Lamar Jackson, but. All right, so you'd be talking That's about. That's still not over. <laughs> What's that, Phil? The the four in the South. Your your starting quarterbacks are Ritter, um, potentially Ritter, Dalton, Derek Carr, Derek yeah. Carr, and Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, <laughs> Andy right. Dalton, or the number one draft pick. I mean, if you're Bryce Young, you're like, dude, Carolina. If you don't take me, like, like, what are you, no. what are you doing? Like, look around. I, I mean, what? We're gonna beat the hell out of all these guys. Like, hey, come on. <laughs> oh, all right. goodness. Yeah. For Dampo fans. Um, that's all right. No. <laughs> Hain, you can't you, win uh, every year. That's what you figure. I mean, it's the NFL. You can't win. Every that, year. that that division was so bad last year. Nobody finished above five hundred. I mean, it was just a debacle. I know. You got a team hosting a playoff game under five hundred. <laughs> just a debacle. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Trask. Actually, I just pulled up the. Uh, oh. <laughs> I just pulled up the depth chart to the Falcons. You know, take a wild guess who guess who is fourth on the depth chart for the Falcons currently as it stands today. Oh, I would have no idea. He is went it... from Florida to Arkansas. Florida. Oh, I'm drawing a blank, but I think I know who you're talking about. Um, Do you like hot dogs? Hot dogs. Felipe Franks. Franks, that's right. Felipe Franks. He's on. Oh, wait a minute. He's, a, he's actively question. listed on a depth chart. How does uh, how how do all these crappy quarterbacks out of Florida keep finding spots in the league? And and my man Garcia could be. He could play in the NFL right now. Some of these dudes could. Yeah, compared to what you got on there now, no doubt. Man. And we're we're sitting here banging. We're banging. There's guys that bang on Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler's going to be an all pro. I mean, some of these dudes that are. You could put him in there to be a a number two pick uh, or a number two quarterback right now in the NFC South, (laughs) which has turned itself into the equivalent of the ACC Coastal Division. (laughs) Yeah. RIP Coastal. (laughs) We're going to miss you. We won't miss you all for very long. Only a couple of minutes. Hour two coming up. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the Lowcountry. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. 
The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your Low Country real estate broadcaster. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter, at Mayor Taylor, and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Sideline is picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Chickens got some racial spurs, spurs, spurs. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the coop, star of the show. You're a rooster who was born to crow. Well, I bet you wonder when, when you win or lost a step or two. Fell down the pecking order, couldn't fight like you could. And we're back, everybody. Second hour of Inside the Gamecocks, the show, starting off here. 803-446-4662, I will remind you, is how to get in touch with Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give them a call. Mention you heard it here. Get $500 off your project. We, of course, are broadcasting from the Sinorama Columbia Studios. If you need a sign, a car wrap, uh, golly, they do just about anything. I bet they do great promotional materials. If you got to set up show booths and things like that, if that's something that you do with your job, give them a call. 803. I might have to pull up the banner because I don't remember it. It's how to get in touch with Sinorama. 407. uh, 9284-803-407-9284. Reach out to them. Gamecock alone. So Gamecock owned and operated. And all the signage you see around Founders, Williams Price, that's all their handiwork. It looks great. And they will do great work for you as well. Uh, Speaking of great work, um, congratulations to Aaliyah Boston, the fifth player ever to earn AP All-American status for times she's also a three-time academic all-american uh just another amazing achievement for uh one of the coolest cats out there she's if you ever listen to her in an interview um she's just thrilled to be doing what she's doing um it's it's almost like you know the pinch me moment never goes away so congratulations to alia boston four-time ap all-american that is unbelievable uh wow that is unbelievable they're going to beat the hell out of everybody and um sleepwalk their way to a national championship would be would be my prediction for them so um uh a couple of a couple of things if you follow me on twitter at sports media jb i did tweet this out today and and you will start to see it more um on our show but our friends at travelingcountryclub.com, which is the coolest golf club ever, 
I'm now a member of it. I cannot thank Michael Manus enough for that. Uh, you should all be as well, travelingcountryclub.com. But they've got a a really neat golf tournament coming up in July, uh, July 21st and 22nd uh, it, um, on uh, Polly's Island. It's called the Plunder on Polly's. And um, so they're going to – this thing, It's a, they're two-person teams – uh, Texas scrambled day one, best ball day two, uh, and all the details. So if you follow me on Twitter, uh, you can click that link. This is going to, this is going to sell out really quickly. Um, they've, they've been doing tournaments up that way for a while. This is kind of a new one they're putting together, but, um, they've got all kinds of cool stuff going, going on during this, this tournament. Um, I, I can't really get through all the details. There's just so much to even even really read, honestly. And you do not have to be a member of Traveling Country Club uh, to play in the golf tournament. So if you just like playing golf, you know, maybe consider this a little bit of a vacation. So um, make sure you get, head to my Twitter page and then TravelingCountryClub.com, uh, the plunder on Polly's. This is going to be a lot of fun. So want to make sure we continue to kind of kind of get this out there. Uh, the two rounds, by the way, one round is going to be at True Blue, and one brown is at Cal. Uh, one round is at Caledonia. If you know anything about those golf courses, they are really, 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 really nice up there in the Polly's area. So, uh, certainly looking forward to that. All right, um, tomorrow we'll be joined by the one and the only Mister Patrick Davis from Nashville, yeah. Tennessee, and uh, he's got a a show coming up here in the low country a week from friday as a matter of fact at the riviera downtown charleston but he has multiple shows across the state and um, he is a dear friend his wedding was the coolest wedding i've ever been to ever it was the neatest thing ever i got to meet james otto had had drinks with ralph Friedgen. that was a cool experience watching the um tennessee alabama football game during carolina's off weekend Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, really looking forward to having a PD on tomorrow. Who is, if anybody's ever seen an interview, he's he's an exceptional interview. Uh, so um, looking forward to getting him in. All right, uh, Phil, we did have uh, some portal questions from the running back side of things, um, and it looks like let's see, Lance asks, great segment referencing our segment with David Cloninger. What are our options at running back in the portal? Uh, Clint responded. Uh, to Lance, <laughs> looks like they might be looking at a kid from Minnesota. Last name is Potts, I believe. And then Bruin Nation respond. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, look, I the young man from Minnesota. The only intel I have on him, I know he's 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 been a little banged up, and they're going to be they're going to be pretty particular about who they pull in out of the portal because they can't pull in somebody from the portal who's going to take up a scholarship who's got health issues. If they're going to find, sign running backs, they got to sign running backs who can, you know, run. Um, and and so that's really what they're looking for there. Um, it's a thin room, there's no doubt. Uh, let's see. There was another couple of running back questions. Where where were they, Phil? I'm, I'm missing them here. Let's see. I think most everybody was talking about. Yeah, there goes Chris. A couple saying later that the guy out of Minnesota's got some injury issues. Yeah. Yeah. Basketball, basketball. I don't know. The question is Joiner. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I mean, the thing is, you you don't, you don't really know who's going to be in the portal because they're, they're 
could easily be, you know, somebody like a, a you know, Lavoisier Carroll, who's just not happy with their playing time or had, you know, didn't want to get moved to a different position because they're on that on a team and will enter the portal after the spring practices. Cause these other teams are shaping themselves up too. So it was like, you're, you're, you kind of know if you're out and if you're not going to be the number one, number two, you know, number three running back, maybe you want to move on and maybe that's a good, you know, decent former high quality prospect. Yeah. I, look, man, I, um, this is one of the reasons why I've really just not been all worked up over this because you, you just mentioned it, Phil, like, you know, I think a lot of us mentally, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it at all, but mentally we're, you know, we're, we're in the new age, but we're kind of stuck in the old age of, of the old timeline of things. And you have to remind yourself sometimes that there's still a lot that can change and it can, can it happen pretty quickly. And, um, so that's kind of like I don't want to poo-poo the conversation because I know that when people ask questions, you know, they, they'd like for someone to at least inter- act like you're going to entertain answering the question. So I don't want it to come off that way. Uh, here's what here's what I would say. Here would be, you know, I've done a little bit of checking, clearly always going to defer to JC and Tony and these guys um, when they, you know, w- with what they can find. But the only intel I have on this is you can pretty much count on the fact they're going to sign at least one more running back. Um, now, Phil, the, the the additional questions that come with that, who is it? Um, if, you, if you find that they signed a guy from, I don't know, Kansas State or Fresno State or some school that's not named, you know, Alabama – or Georgia or something like that, I would really caution against jumping to conclusions. You have a, a new offensive coordinator who now his eyes are, are evaluating running backs in the portal. Um, he's seen running backs in the NFL. He kind of knows what they look like. Think about how many running backs are in the NFL that no one had literally ever heard of, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see this all the time. Guys, and you're like, who the hell is that guy? The guy from Kansas City, for instance. I mean, you're like, who are these dudes? Where do they come from? Why were they not playing in the SEC? Why were they not playing at Ohio State or whatever it is? So there's just there's so much to think about. So I would caution against seeing names, hearing names, jumping to conclusions as to when those names do or don't come to South Carolina and what they're going to bring to the table and and then go from there. I mean, obviously right now they're trying to fill the holes with maybe a Decarion Joiner and, and whomever else. Um but they're going to sign somebody, if not two. And I, but I'm not going to even pretend like I, I know who those guys are going to be because I know that everybody right now that's in the portal, that they all think, okay, this guy could play at South Carolina. They're all under evaluation, and we'll, we'll know at a later date whomever they settle on. Yeah, I mean, it's and, – and you got to figure – you depending on how many you're going after in the portal, you've you got to figure the first one you, you're looking at is going to be somebody who's going to get significant snaps. And then I think you need to get at least one more just to, just to have another body in there. <laughs> so I'm looking at the roster and it's like, Ooh, we're real thin. And there's still question marks even on who's listed. I mean, we don't know what if Dante Miller's situation is. I mean, even still, I know, um, still up in the air nothing's completely solidified there 
He just lost Carroll. It was good to see he's still with the team, though, helping out. Uh, hopefully, he'll be able to find himself a home there on the, you know, like the analyst staff or something. But yeah, well, you gotta I mean, you gotta hit it hard. Fortunately, hey, we've got a guy that's adept in uh, in being able to go into the portal and get guys. So let's just hope that keeps the train keeps on rolling, if you will. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I look, we've. I mean, it's hard to, and I'm not even insinuating that anybody's doing this. Um, you know, it, it's hard to, to second guess what this group of coaches has done under coach Beamer's leadership, uh, when it comes to signing portal guys and when it comes to signing high school guys, I mean, it, it, they've, I mean, I don't know how much better it honestly could have been to this point. You know, I mean, you, this is just the, the, the era that we're in. Uh, I, I'm sure if we looked around the country and around the SEC, Phil, and really did our homework, uh, we we would find that there are a lot of schools that are in similar positions at at different positions. Maybe it's not running back at a place like Kentucky, but it might be defensive back or or wherever. And the position that I'm talking about here is, you know, Marshawn Lloyd left. I mean. Like, if you really, truly think about it, honestly, like, just from a football standpoint, okay, he had, like, there there, there was no, there was nobody that would have ever thought for whatever reason that he would be leaving. Why? He was the starting running back in an SEC program that, at the end of the year, was in the top 25. Uh, you're not leaving for playing time. You where you'll go that you're going to get more than 20, 25 carries a game that you're getting now. You are the guy. Uh, you know, so, like, that was kind of a kick in the you-know-what, and then you got to go find somebody. So, like, these things are going to happen, and we just have to understand, like, I'm trying – at least that's where I am from a mental standpoint. Like, these these things are going to happen, and, we, you know, these, these guys, they've got a plan. That plan might not happen overnight. But the plan is there, and the system is kind of set up to where whenever it does happen, you still have, for the most part, another opportunity to go out and, and kind of try to rectify the situation, which Carolina is about to have another one of those chances coming up in just a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, and, it's, and you're going to have to jump on it. I mean, it's it's not anything you, you can just sit back and, you know, kind of wait. It was interesting, like, if you look program to program, the football versus basketball uh, you know, you, you hear at the end of the season that, that you know, Coach Paris is like, well, we should have hit the portal harder. Um, that that was hard for me to hear. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's because that's it's like, well, why why didn't you? I mean, attack it, even just to get to me. You held a scholarship. What were you holding out for? Um, that's not something you're going to see on the football side of things because I think they're going to go after everything they need in the portal. I think you've built this program up to something that, uh, you know, resembles a team that could be a contender in the SEC moving forward, especially with all the momentum you have in, you know, recruiting on the on the high school side of things. Uh, so it should be an easy draw here for South Carolina. And you just, I mean, and unfortunately, it's just something that we have to live with and, and, we, that's, yeah. that's the way it is. It's like, yeah, you get into that old mentality. Like you said, JB, it was like, yeah, it's like, well, I mean, nah, golly, how long is it going to take to turn this around? But hell, you can flip a room in 24 hours. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I did see somebody just asked here. And again, this is another question. I, 
I would pawn off to to a guy like JC, who, by the way, if anybody uh, is wondering where he is, he, he's got a personal thing to, to deal with today, so he'll be back tomorrow. Uh, but somebody, who was it? The two guys from Tennessee. Bobby, either back from Tennessee worth a look. So one of those is uh, Lenneth Whitehead, and if I remember correctly, Carolina was recruiting him. Um, the other is uh, is Lynn J. Dixon. And I, I does anybody know the story on Lynn J? Because Lynn J was it was at, the Clemson transfer. Yep, he was at Clemson. Yeah. He, he transferred to Tennessee, and I think it was all August. Well, okay, so he transferred to West Virginia, and then he, um, and then he transferred to Tennessee, but. Like after like maybe a month, he wasn't even with the Vols anymore, and he was back in the portal. Mm-hmm. So does any? I don't know what the story is with that guy. Like so, I you know I'm just I'm just guessing here. Um, Shane, if you're watching, feel free to call me and correct me. Yeah, we'd we'll be happy to know. <laughs> but but like I, I'm kind of assuming that th- this staff is really not interested in a guy who is is has transferred once and then has been at three freaking different schools in less than two years since his initial transfer. They're probably like half. We we can't trust the fact that we could bring this cat in and then something pisses him off and he turns around and wants to leave again. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they definitely, I don't think fits the, you know, air quotes culture of what we've got going on here. I think you don't want, you know, just some journeyman <laughs> running back. Cause it's like, what is a journeyman running back in college is, uh, you know, a guy that's going to play in the XFL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's the career path. It's just got XFL root all over it. So you you've got like if you go to like the 24/7 uh this was updated yesterday. Yeah, the 24/7 running back group that's uncommitted. I mean, I don't even really know how to read this stuff because there's just so many reasons why people transfer anymore. You don't know, are they healthy? Were they flunking out of school? Did they fail a drug test? Um, do they just not like it there anymore? Do they want to get closer to home? I mean, you have to, there's so much that goes, like people look at the logo and they go, well, oh my God, this is a four-star running back from Kentucky, Michael Drennan. Why would we not sign him? Well, I don't know the answer. I certainly don't want to get sued for saying something that's wrong. Guy could have failed three drug tests. You know, I mean, he could have been run off for something that we're going to find out down the road, and they're hoping to keep it under the rug. He could just be transferring because guys just transfer. You know, I, I don't know the answer to that. All I'm saying is, like, you know, we, we don't know the answers. Um, you know, you look at all these guys and they're ranked, quote-unquote, four-star. I mean, what, what by who? Mm. You know, Jordan Ingram transferring from Auburn. Is he a three-star running back based on what? I don't know, you know, so I, I don't I don't even know how to answer a lot of these questions. Um, and and I'm not sure anybody really does, except for those like uh, Coach Beamer or, um, you know, Taylor Edwards, who like they have to study these kids. You know, why are they in the po- and they've recruited yeah. a lot of them and mm-hmm. then they go sign other places and it's like, OK, well, what's going on here? So and then you find out that information. We never get it. Rightfully so. They're not going to have a press conference and say, well, look, these seven guys can really play, but here's why we're not signing them. Like, that's not going to happen. No. So I, I just don't, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I, but I do, I do know this. They are going to sign a running back, if not two. I, I think they'll probably end up signing two, but I know they're going to sign one. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I, I would say two just looking at the roster and, and, you know, being that it's a position of need and one that, you know, has a higher volume for injury. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, Justin and the uh, Nana sports chat box, Kevin Madden has entered the uh, portal. Yep. We, we, we had discussed that earlier with, uh, yeah. with uh, David Kloniger. Best of luck to that young man. Uh, he's a kid who really swung it well at Virginia tech. The gosh, I think when he came to Carolina last year, Phil, uh, he had carried in, um, 240 or 50 some odd at bats from his previous season, the 21 season at Vodtech. And if I remember correctly, I don't even think he struck out maybe 20 times. So he was a guy who generally put the ball in play, but it just kind of goes to show you, um, you know, how much better this team is. The left side of your, the left side of the starting infield last year is not playing. They've got 18 combined at bats this season through 18 games and Michael Braswell and, and Kevin Madden. Um, so it's just a much better baseball team. Um, but um, we did. It's amazing, that. man. You can't you can't get attached to your college uh, players anymore, JB. You know, it's like it's transfer portal or either that or they play their requisite number of years before entering into the major league and then they're gone. It's I don't know. It's tough sometimes when I think about it. It's like, man, basketball is the thing where I think it really, you know, hits the worst uh, just because you can't, you know, you see these like, what's the what's the key to winning the tournament right experienced guard play you know juniors and seniors on your team and it's like you only see that in the mid-majors and now that's going away because the transfer portal and nil are you know enticing these players out of those lower level schools it's like you know congrats to Furman on 40 years of not making the tournament and finally getting back in there don't be shocked if it's if you know we're (laughs) We're in our seventies and eighties when they do, if they were able to do it again. Lose all, all it's good players are about to leave yeah. <laughs> are going to be taken somewhere else, either that or graduate. <laughs> but yeah, I'd, I'd hate to see it too. But I mean, it's unfortunately it just feels like that these days. It was like, you're, you know, the, the mid majors are farm teams for the power conferences uh, across the board. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it. Uh, yeah, I think there's going to be wholesale changes. There's there's going to be in a few years. There's going to be a group of people that are really sick and tired of it, having yeah. to just every year replace six, seven guys, and they're going to say, "Look, it, it just is not worth it anymore. We've got to come up with a different way to do things, whether that's create and do our own thing or whatever." Um, but um, yeah, I think with with all the changes that are happening. Uh, these are major changes, but they are not anywhere close to uh, to to being over. Okay, Phil, uh, it's time for a timeout. Uh, when we return, we got some baseball uh, stuff to get to. A really interesting uh, opening uh, weekend game in college football in 2024 uh, has been announced today as well. Uh, so we certainly want to get that in here. We'll keep our eye on what's being said in columbia and all of your nanosports chat box stuff will be in our program electric bikes of charleston powers this program and if you don't have one you need to get one electricbikescharleston.com if you're coming from somewhere outside of the low country make sure you head to their website first and check it out electricbikescharleston.com they are gamecock own and operate that's a that's a theme around here if you haven't noticed michelle is just a special special person her whole team is just fantastic over there. And these bikes can run up to 28 miles per hour. And they can go up to 60 miles. 
But that doesn't mean you just got to be lazy where you're just riding around. You could be. Get yourself a 12-pack of beer and just cruise around on an electric bike. Sounds fun to me. But if you actually like to get out and work out, you know, get your body in shape, that's what these things are for. Mountains, beach, midlands, wherever it is, you can take them where you need to take them. Go where you need to go. Get that workout in. And when you need to get home because you've gone 40 miles and you said, oh, crap, how am I going to get home without dying? Just kick it into pedal assist mode and they'll get you right there. Uh, from the mountains to the beach and all across the state of South Carolina, electricbikescharleston.com, Electric Bikes of Charleston powering inside the Gamecocks. The show, we're going to shut that power down, though, and hit a quick timeout. We'll be right back. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blend. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Freshman All-American, Nicky Warrior of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to The Show with JC and Phil. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms. Columbia, 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with them to talk about potentially enclosing a porch or a patio. 
check them out on their Instagram account to see what all they can do. I know they do. They get a lot of good looking stuff on there. I do not have the name of their IG account in front of me. Uh, so I will make sure to add that to my little notes here. <laughs> that way I can promote it the right way. The right way. The right way. Saunders says he just right bought, his, bought his tickets to Carolina and the Citadel. Awesome. Nice. Uh, come find me, Saunders. I'll be poking around down there somewhere. I'm waiting on uh, waiting on my contacts to confirm confirm me on the friends and family list. I told him, I said, if I get down there and I'm not on the friends and family list, someone's going to get their ass beat. hope you understand that probably guess who it is he goes yeah all right <laughs> yeah i wonder who that could be now do they yeah. play at the uh do they share a stadium with the river dogs yeah they do and 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 I, look i'm gonna speak out of turn here because mm-hmm. uh you know if charleston finds me have at it i don't really give a crap but the river dogs do the citadel no justice i i it's embarrassing what huh. what they do down there from a support standpoint and they they can counter that comment all they want to um i don't care because i know what those guys get. the citadel is a proud baseball program that is incredibly well respected and should be um by by forget the fans by their opponents and um you know, for what these kids have traditionally gone through, just, you know, VMI, I mean, they're all kind of the same, but VMI has never been to Omaha and the Citadel has. And, um, and there's a lot of really great people that have come to that program that I've got a ton of respect for. We all know who they are. Probably you've heard all their names and, um, what they go through down there from time to time. I go get into all the specifics and open the Pandora's box. You do the research on your own, but, um, it's a joke. It's a joke. And and I think they need to figure out a way maybe to revamp College Park and make that the Citadel's baseball stadium and go at it a different way. I know it's nice to play right there on the Asher River. It's beautiful. It's a minor league ballpark. But I can tell you right now, a lot of those kids, they're not getting out of it what they need to get out of it. You know, you can sell that all you want to, and then reality hits sometimes. So, and that's not on the Citadel's coaching staff or anything like that. So, there just needs to be more involvement in, um, and and doing doing those guys right, you know. But I'll leave that there. So, uh, but that's going to be a, a packed house for a more than likely a top fifteen, top twenty you know, Carolina baseball team when they come to the Low Country to take on the Citadel, which they've been doing this for years. So, hats off to the Gamecocks and. Mark Kingston, Chad Holbrook, Ray Tanner, and so on and so forth for always coming down here and doing that. That's uh, it's really good to see. All right. Um, where we go there? Clint asked a question just a little bit ago. Here it is. Uh, J- JB, is this team just who they are from a defensive standpoint? Yeah, look, man, I – um. so they're fielding it about a 974 clip right now, 974, 975. 20 years ago, when Carolina be- began their first run to Omaha, that was really normal. Um, shoot, Drew Meyer made 20 errors or so his freshman year at Carolina, and and I think he's best shortstop I've ever seen. So I'm not um, I'm not I'm not making an excuse. That's 
don't misunderstand me for that. Uh, uh, do I think that they're an elite defensive team? No. No, no. Um, do I think they're serviceable? Yes. Do I think that they are as bad as we've seen at times? No, I don't. Um, I think as the year goes on, they will continue to get better. Uh, what You know, Phil, you, you just in baseball, you, you, you never want to see the simple plays boogered up. It is yeah. hard, especially in this league. Man, you booger up the easy ones, it's going to be a long day at the ballpark uh, because one of those is going to cost you a win. So, uh, you know, they just need to make sure they make the simple plays. Uh, They're not going to be really, really flashy. The World Series teams that won it all, you know, there there is not a Scott Wingo on this roster. There's not a Bobby Haney on this roster. Um, You know, behind the plate, um, Cole Messina does some really good things back there. Um, I, I think he would probably tell you he he still needs to develop in in certain areas as well, um, and that's not that's not a shot at Cole Messina. He's a he's a really good catcher. Um, they they've got to work collectively as a staff and with catchers and being able to throw more runners out. I don't know if it's all just holding them on or you know getting that pop time a little bit better. It's kind of hard to improve that. You kind of are what you are there. Hmm. Um, so that's certainly something they need to work on. You know, teams in, in the SEC are going to try to run on them. They know where the weak points are. Cassis is, is pretty good over there at first. He's not one of the better first basemen that they've ever had, but um, he's he's pretty good. Uh, they're they're you know defensively you know in the outfield they're they're pretty good. Petrie is kind of learning his way around out there. Um, when Stone plays in center, he's good. Brewer's a pretty good outfielder. Denny's a pretty good outfielder. Um, are they all are they all Jackie Bradleys? No. Are they Whit Merrifields? No. Um, so, you know, if I had to grade them, I'd, I'd give them a, I'd probably give them a B. Right. Give them a B. I'm not, I'm not going to give them a C or C plus. Um, they're not an A. I don't know if they can get there. Um, so, but there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of teams like that too. So it's defensive baseball for whatever reason, you know, it's just not what it was people have been so hung up on and i've said this before i'm not going to go down this whole rabbit hole again but like <laughs> it's become such a power game how hard do you throw and how hard do you hit it and that's yep. what they put these guys for in the big leagues so what do you think the younger guys are focusing on yep how hard can i hit it you know and how far can i throw i think and you know i wonder what that does to the kids bodies too i mean at a younger and younger age and that you're just not teaching them to hit it you know, here, there, over the, you know, the skill at the plate. And, and and then you don't have to worry about, you know, when the ball's flying out of the yard or it's flying into somebody's glove in the outfield. It's no wonder that your infield looks a little odd, <laughs> you know, when that when that less than, uh, you know, it's, it's almost random happenstance now that you see, you know, a ball hit the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, he didn't mean to do that, you know? Yeah. And then you're just holding your breath and crossing your fingers. It's like every team now is setting itself up to to be able to compete in a shootout, if you will. Like, you know, it's just like, okay, if we can just get a few more runs over the plate than he can, then we're going to be okay. It doesn't matter, you know, quite so much how good we are in the field. But for me – the errors are more concerned. I know the leadoff position is a a, a, a big concern, uh, but the the fielding errors are of more concern to me than I think 
that at this point, at least heading into conference play. Because here you are, you're about to face a murderer's row of, you know, a conference schedule. And like you just said, JB, one small error can can mean a win or a loss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it can. Um, I mean, they're what are they? They're probably eighth or ninth or so in fielding percentage. I, I mean, I think that number is going to go up as long as they continue to pitch well. You know, yeah. they're they're going to be okay. Um, you know, if you end up, I think King said it. Uh, he it was. I don't know if it was on our show. He said it somewhere the other day. He, he'd like at the end of the season this this team to be in the nine seventy five range. Well, that's that's right where they are. You're right. So, yeah, you're right there. Yeah. You know, and 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 so look, when your head coach gives you, it's rare that they give you a specific number. That'd be like, hey, how many how many home runs do you think you want this team to hit? About one hundred twenty four. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> well, well, that Jesus, like specific coaching. <laughs> you know, this guy, wait a second here. You know, you, is this running back any good? We expect him to run for about 886 yards this year. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> okay, obviously they know something we don't know. You know, so like, you know, when, when your head coach comes out and says, "I'm thinking right around 975," he pretty much probably knows where that where they are, who they are. Um, but but I also think to add some context to that. Uh, that they that some of the some of the simple things that they have kind of boogered up from time to time that's not really who they are so um make the make the simple plays you know be able to do things like knock it down you know that's one thing about Wimmer you got a runner on second and there's a ball in the six hole he can knock it down even if he can't get up and throw a guy out yeah. it keeps it from going to the outfield you're saving a run because he's so rangy over there um, and, and, you know, Lee Croy's kind of turned himself into a pretty good third baseman. That's another reason I say that, you know, he's, he's caught, he's played third. I mean, he's a guy who's just continuing to develop at third. I assure you when, like when they show up next year, if you've got Thomas Lee Croy in there, who just started 50 some odd games at third base in 2023, you're gonna feel pretty freaking good about that position. Oh you yeah. Know? <laughs> so like, it's just one of those things, you know, I mean, um, so, you know, they do have some defensive replacements they can put in there if they really feel like, hey, man, we we just got to make sure at the end of the game here we're, we're solid. You know, they can plug guys in. But, um, yeah, I'd put, put them about a B here. Craig says, JB is kind of like kids not being able to shoot free throws. They don't practice it. They dunk and shoot threes. I mean, yeah, it's – I mean, now this team practices defense. There's no question. But, like, when a, a lot of times, at least what I've been told, is it's, it, it's not – like I was a catcher. So when I went to college, like it was only in my head to be the best catcher I could possibly be. Well, it's, it's different now, you know, like catchers, you know, th these guys are trying to hit 300 and then yeah, kind of worry about the defense later. Cause 300 keeps you in the, keeps you in the lineup. But in, in, in college baseball, you gotta, you gotta be kind of good behind the plate. <laughs> I mean, every ball that's thrown in the game is coming to you, you know, like yeah. you, know, <laughs> you get to touch every one. <laughs> yeah. Like, so when you go to a place like South Carolina, like they're going to focus on defense, you know, Mark, Mark doesn't walk out there and he's like, well, as long as the guy's hitting three thirty, he doesn't really have to field a ground ball. No, it's bull crap. That's not yeah. true. <laughs> um, I can assure you it wasn't true for coach Tanner. If you couldn't play defense, you couldn't play. Um, you know, and they, and he was really good about it. You know, Holbrook was really good about it. So I think they'll continue to get better, but they won't be special or elite oh. by the by the end of the season. No gold glovers on the team, you know, equivalent thereof. <laughs> nah, nah, I don't nah. think so. 
Um, USC, Seggy, S-E-G-Y. The Yardcocks have only had one road game. How will they do at Georgia? All right, so that's an interesting question. Um, We need to hit a timeout, and we will certainly answer that one and get into a little bit of this college football stuff, plus any nuggets coming from Columbia's, uh, the coordinators in Columbia. So we hope you don't go anywhere. Hang tight. We'll be right back. In the days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union. In Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS-1772182-Eddie-I-want-you-to-take-me-to-Disney-World-Horror-Horror-Horror-Horror-Horror-Horror-Horror-Horror-Horror-Horror-Horror-Horror-Horror-Horror-Horror-Horror-
this is going to be a conversation people want to have. So I, I get it um, with Dowell Loggins. But um, he was asked about the running back room and the depth issues. He said, your words, not mine. Uh, our job is to, to develop the guys we have here, which is certainly a little bit of coach speak. Um, this, though, however, is uh, going to be music to the ears of Gamecock fans. Um, and we will probably spend extensive time on this uh, tomorrow. Um, he says, uh, basically, to be a good offensive coordinator, you got to be fluid, you can't be stubborn, and you got to adjust to the strengths of your players. Ta-da! <laughs> oh, you mean, he talks you mean, a good game. <laughs> he talks a really good game. Let's wait, hope he calls one just as well. <laughs> so you're telling me you could throw the slant route, so we need to put that in there. Yeah. Got it. How about how about I put in a 40 word play call that only leaves us about six seconds on the clock? Is that good with you? No. Well, we're gonna do it anyways. Okay. Uh, so anyways, yeah. So was we're, it Perry we're yesterday sure. talking about crossing routes? And I'm just like, oh, wow, that would have been interesting to see. <laughs> you can use I, that I, I in have, the middle of the I've field said, like that. <laughs> I've said this for years. I um, Steve Spurrier, and I can't remember. Garcia told me the name of the play, and I cannot remember the name of it. But he, we all know what it is. It was a crossing pattern where he would just drag the tight end across the field and uh, generally, when he did that, it, the ball went into the end zone. And um, I mean, Busta Anderson, about every third pass he caught, he was across the goal line. Right. You know, so um, and I'm like, I'm just trying to figure this out here. Why have we not really seen that play? We've seen it run a couple of times, not kind of rubbed off the way they ran it in the Spurrier era, but you know, it worked. Why? Why do we? It's been seven years since we've – that's been really a heavy part of the playbook, especially when you're in the red zone. Like, what are we doing? I know. Um, you know, it just I, – I, I, I continue, like, to, to just wonder, like, how stubborn do people need to be? Like, can you just bring Steve in for a day and be like, hey, man, just kind of tell us how to call a college game around here. Well, well, yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> here's what you need to do. So, I could be uh, a consultant. Well, yeah. He, if, if he had Steve Spurrier consulting, he'd be a billionaire, man. He, oh my he would, gosh! Yeah. Every college in the country would call him. So, uh, yeah. But the only reason he's not doing that because he would he would not have as many tea times as he'd like. I'm sure. That, that's yeah. That would be part of my fee. You got to give me a tea time at the nicest sports right. in the area, and I'll be there. Are you kidding me? These guys would be all over that. They'd be like, Yeah, they would. We get Steve for a round of golf. Are you kidding me? Sure, bring him in. Uh, so, all right. Uh, so Seggy uh, or USC, uh, El Paso, Carolina, uh, El Paso cock is what we're going to call him. Um, he's, uh, the Yardcocks have had only one road game. How will they do at Georgia? Well, uh, I hope they sweep. I got a feeling they're going to run into a little bit of an ambush this weekend, to be honest with you. Someone's probably yeah. like, Oh God, don't say that. Um, it's a tough place to play. Georgia's playing well right now. Uh, I've got a feeling weather's going to push the, this thing into a double dip on Saturday, which more than likely will help Carolina. Um, but, um, the, yeah, there's a lot of guys that just don't have a lot of experience playing on the road. They went to Clemson once. It, it didn't didn't work out very well. It did work out in Greenville, but that's not a true road game. So, um, yeah, I, game one, need to watch that closely through the first few innings and see how things go. Um, let me come and raise this my hand and say this. Uh, I don't want to sound like a prophet here. You know, Coach Tanner, one of his keys to success at Carolina was don't get swept on the road. 
still kind of applies. Don't get swept on the road. If they come back from Athens and they're one and two, stay off the bridges. Got 27 <laughs> games to go in the league. It'll be all right. Um, you know, just everybody calm down. You know, it, it, it could happen. That, that can certainly happen. So, um, Alabama just got beat by Columbia this past weekend, two of three, you know, top 20 Alabama. So, things happen, and we'll see what it all work looks like. But um, I expect them to go over there and, and win two of three. But, you know, it's going to be tough. So, we'll see what happens. Um, I don't think – I wouldn't be calling for a sweep on the road, not in conference. And, like I said, Georgia's playing well. Um, but, yeah, that's <laughs> – They've yeah. been the the coaching staff from this baseball team has been telling us even before the season started, you're not going to go undefeated, you're not going to go undefeated in conference play. So you know, let's just keep well, pitchforks and torches in the shed here, unless you start, you know, like getting swept on the road <laughs> or yeah, I mean, if, 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 you know, dropping more games than you should at home and and not winning the midweeks. But here's where the emphasis on the midweek game comes in because you get quality competition coming in in the midweek here during conference play. It's not going to be like the midweek games we've seen thus far. Um, you got some really good teams that are going to be playing at Founders uh, and that we're going to have to go see on the road too. So it's going to be yeah. good from here on out. But I feel confident this team is, is, is going to maintain. I mean, I don't think we've seen anything up to this point, JB, that would – Tell us that, oh, wow, we've got 100 concerns. We've just been playing some really bad teams. I don't think that's where we stack up right now. No, no. I mean, they, they you know, the, the leadoff position is is concerning. The, the strikeouts are, are starting to get a little concerning. Um, but a lot of those strikeouts are coming from the leadoff position. I, I know we were asked about that earlier, and Jamie uh, Churchill mentioned you, you technically only lead off once a game. Uh, yeah, but that wasn't my point. Here's my point. Caleb Denny is one of the better hitters on this team, and since he's been moved to the leadoff hole, he is one for 26 with 11 strikeouts. So my, my point is not necessarily the the leadoff, that, that one time a game that you're leading off a game. The hitters who are in the leadoff role are a combined seven for 69 with 23 strikeouts. That's the problem. The problem is... Whoever is going into that leadoff role doesn't know how to handle it. And yeah. it's 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 not – I'm not talking about it's affecting that one at bat a game. It's affecting them as a hitter. And so what you're saying is you got one spot in your lineup that's a 101 hitter right now, and that's the leadoff spot. Like, if the nine-hole guy was hitting – seven for 69 and 101 everybody be going jesus this guy's hitting 100 get him the hell out of there well collectively four of the better hitters on this team have all tried it in the leadoff spot and they are all failing miserably so they got to figure that out um because it's not only is it affecting you in game but it's affecting you like here it's it's getting these guys into a slump and then they got to figure out a way to get out of a slump so somebody's going to have to take ownership of that leadoff role. I don't know who it's going to be. Horning, believe it or not, has had the most success there, and that's with it four of 25 with seven strikeouts. Denny's been in that job or had that job for six straight games, and he's one of 26 with 11 strikeouts. They ain't going to do it. So I don't know what they're going to do, but, again, they are 17-1, and one, and you can work through these things when you're 17-1. and one. Nobody wants to talk about it publicly right now because they're 17-1. and one. 
if they were, you know, 11 and 7, you'd be hearing a lot of it. So, I'm just saying they're going to need to get that figured out. And um, hopefully they can start getting it figured out figured out this weekend. Uh, Quantrell said, I mentioned last week I went to – I did. I, I, I went to SMC for a little bit before I went to Carolina. Um, yeah, Spartanburg Methodist, just an unbelievable tradition. Matter of fact, the guys that I was at school with there, pretty much everybody went to Carolina. Adam Crisp, Harley Lale, Drew Martin, um, Will Kish. God, a ton of guys. Do you know anyone who went to the majors? I know a lot of dudes who played in the big leagues. <laughs> Um, including one of my best friends. Uh, so yeah, yeah, no, it's neat to neat to be able to talk to these guys and, and pick their brains from time to time. Um, I did want to mention this too, Phil. I, this is cool. Um, not sure that I'd be loving it if it was if I was a fan of either one of these teams. But Florida State and Georgia Tech will open the 2024 college football season in Dublin, Ireland. The 2024. I, I'm probably gonna say this wrong, but uh, Air Lingus College Football Classic is a Georgia Tech home game and will be played on August the 24th at Aviva Stadium in Dublin, Ireland. Air Lingus, that was good. That was good. Air, Air Lingus, is that it? Air Lingus, I think that's the official uh, okay. yeah, what, air freight carrier of uh, Ireland. Is this are there is there an Irish Open <laughs> this year? Yeah. Is anybody yeah. doing that this year? Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Notre Dame and Notre Dame and Navy play there this year. Wow. Um, All right. And uh, so Georgia Tech was there against Boston College in 2016. Northwestern and Nebraska, remember, were there last year. Um, I wonder if Georgia Tech's going to go that Northwestern route and be like, you know, we, we can only win games outside of the <laughs> – off the continent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I because Florida so, State is an up and coming program. I mean, shoot. Well, I mean, so this next is, year, there's no telling what the you know the hype will be for Florida State. I think is just going to keep growing. So that's an interesting matchup. Yeah. So they open this year. Florida State does, as we all know, against LSU in Orlando. Yeah. But that's on September the third. Um. So here's what's interesting, though, for Florida State. The twenty because the twenty twenty four calendar has fourteen weeks from Labor Day till Thanksgiving weekend. The Seminoles, oh. by virtue of playing in week zero, will have three open dates. Wow. So, yeah, Craig, yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. I, for whatever reason, got forgot one of my old roommates here, Nick Godwin, <laughs> who pitched in Spartanburg Methodist, also went to Carolina. <laughs> we lived together. Sure, he'd be. Uh, of course, he he doesn't like it when I talk about him anyway. So, um, did he try to go further after pitching at Carolina? No, he did not. Uh, he was ready to hang it up and move into uh, move into a sales role, which is what he did. So, but I remember in um, I remember in two thousand and eight, Phil uh, Gotti beat Clemson twice. And uh, they were both Wednesday starts, if I remember right. Hmm. And beat them the first time. Beat them. You remember the website cockytalk.com? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Mm -hmm. We were, after the second time he beat Clemson, we were at the house late that night after getting home from the game. 
and um i don't remember if it was me or somebody else but somebody pulled up the website dude there was like grown men like throwing their college daughters at nick godwin nick please marry <laughs> marry my daughter she's single she's a junior in carolina uh <laughs> She's a looker. And God, oh yeah, man. It was so funny. Nick Godwin for president. Nick Godwin for this. I, I want to buy Nick Godwin a beer. Now that my man can put down some beer now. And, right. Uh, yeah. Maybe not I, be advisable. And dude, he was blushing because he's very humble. He doesn't say much. Uh, Jay Brown lived with us at the time and Reese and um hmm. And, dude, it was one of the funnier nights, I think, of my life, just continuing to watch people piggyback on these comments. <laughs> coming down, coming down. There'd be more and more. You know, Nick, Nick, one of them's like, I'm going to introduce Nick to my wife. It's about time we beat the taters or whatever it was. And, oh, my gosh. it was so, Now, Carolina, we swept them in 04. Uh, mm -hmm. But he, he beat them twice uh, that year, and that was just really fun. Or, uh, uh, 08, not 04. In 08, we, we, we took a – Four and zero against them. Back to when they played four games. You think the quick pull on Becker last night was to save him the potential yes. use this weekend? Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. I was like, I, I didn't mind. You know, I know he'd walked a few guys. What? Yeah, they had three walks in an HBP in three innings. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got. He's got to get it going. He's he's got to get it going. He's got to get it going. They. Um, but they've got. I'll be interested to see what happens in game one, and we'll certainly talk about this with Coach Lake on Friday. He'll be joining us. But um, you, you kind of got James Hicks now. You, you almost have two start. You pick a game where you're going to throw two starters. So like, if 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 they can flag it early, if Sanders isn't elite, which we expect him to be elite, if he's not elite, um, can you flag it early, figure it out, and go ahead and start putting Hicks through, you know, uh, his preparations to get in the game in the fourth yeah. or the fifth inning, almost like a predetermined split. So you're basically going to throw two starting pitchers at those guys. That, that might be a way they handle Will Sanders until they can really get him off and running the way he should be on Friday nights. We'll see. We'll see. Right. I mean, between Hicks and the Elis, I mean, <laughs> I feel confident that we've got a solid pitching rotation. <laughs> yeah. They, they, got, they got a bunch of dudes. There's, oh, my uh, goodness. There's, there's no doubt about that. Nope, so. and that's, that's how you win championships. Well, you know, they're going. They're going to Athens this weekend. You were talking about the midweeks after that, because mm -hmm. um, they have Charlotte midweek next week on the road in Charlotte at Truist Field. Yeah. Then they welcome Missouri to town, but then guess what? They go to the Citadel, so it's another midweek on the road. And then after that, guess what? Another midweek on the road back in Charlotte against North Carolina. Uh, so just kind of reinforcing your point there that um, it's it's go time. Yeah, you don't play a midweek at home until uh, Upstate comes to Founders on the 11th yeah. of April. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, no doubt. Yeah. So, well, we'll, we'll certainly recap tomorrow uh, plenty of what the coordinators had to say today. I know everybody really interested in, in a summary of Dowell Loggins' comments. We'll have those. Uh, we do have Chris Phillips tomorrow, and uh, we also have uh, a dear friend, Mr. Patrick Davis, patrickdavismusic.com. Get those VIP passes for the March 24th show 
in the low country at the beautiful and renovated Riviera downtown. If you're in the low country, you know about it. If you're not, you're looking for maybe a date weekend for you and your bride. Yeah, there you go. Spend a night in Charleston, go to the Riviera and watch Patrick and his midnight choir, go out to dinner, all kinds of stuff. We'd love to have you. Uh, sure you, you would. Yeah. Come on yeah down. Sure you would. You'll, you'll find me backstage and then passed out in a dumpster somewhere. No, <laughs> that's the only way to do Charleston. <laughs> Thanks to David Kloniger and appreciate all of you. Look forward to getting JC back in the boat tomorrow. As always, thanks to Phil for his incredibly hard work. Ed said, great show. <laughs> thanks, Ed. Thanks, Ed. <laughs> painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Let me paint something.com. If you need something painted at your house, that's where you go. They're the best all over South Carolina and Georgia, anywhere in both states. They can do it. We'll see you tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Game Conference.